I want you to know that God has his hand on what's happening in Washington, the lawfare that's working on Donald Trump. And uh, as we keep ourselves focused on praying for this nation, oh God, have mercy on the United States and let it not be destroyed, but by your hand, raise it up and make it strong. Give it one great mighty thrust of revival again, that the nation can be shaken and awakened this year, next year, and the year after that. May mercy, grace, and revival come down in America. In Jesus' name, amen. Had to throw that prayer in there. We don't pray enough. I always liked it when 700 Club, I watched Pat Robertson. He would just do these, you know, one minute, two minute prayers, and we'd all watch TV and join in with him. We got to do that more often because prayer doesn't have to be long to be effective. But uh, the news cycle that I'm going to be getting to now, the Donald Trump setbacks in courts, the, the, the unusual negotiations going on with opening up our border to 5,000 illegals a day, explaining what's going on with the dynamic of the negotiations in Washington, and give you a little inside baseball as to, as to what's taking place. All of that is to say that God has control of the times. You know, the the, I've been talking for a year about these Old Testament prophets, that short little book of two chapters in the Old Testament by Haggai, an 80-year-old prophet. The old Jewish man goes down and says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, every nation, every system, meaning economics and politics, global, God's going to do it. Do you know when he prophesied that message? He prophesied it at 520 B.C. on October uh, 6th. It's the same day that Hamas attacked Israel. Why does the Bible give you the exact day? Because it was the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, the very day that was chosen by Hamas. That's why I like to work with things that are stable. And the Bible says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. That was what Haggai the prophet said. The silver and the gold is mine. It's almost like God is giving a hint. Things are going to be up and down and sideways, but some things are going to maintain its stability. And I believe that that's the reason why gold has always been a store of value. And it's smart for you to have that store of value, regardless of what happens to the global economy or the American economy. Go to lancewallnow.com forward slash Birch, B-I-R-C-H. Download a special report that I've got for you on my reason for being confident that God controls the times and, and seasons of history and economics. And you can have peace of mind regarding your own retirement, your IRA, and the value that is stored in gold. LanceWallet.com forward slash Birch. And you can join the hundreds of business folks that are friends of mine that have made that smart decision. And now let's get into today's broadcast. You've said that you worked very closely with Leader McConnell on this, this bill, now that we see what's in it seems to be as bipartisan as it gets. Why wouldn't this, why wouldn't both sides really want this to go through? Well, it's a great question, Mika. Look, it took a long time, four months of arduous negotiations. They fell off the tracks a whole bunch of times. I had to be on the phone even at midnight saying, we've got to keep going. Why? We're at a turning point in America. This bill is crucial and history will look back on it and say, did America fail itself? Why is it crucial? Well, if we don't aid uh, Ukraine, Putin will be walk all over Ukraine. We will lose the war, and we could be fighting in Eastern Europe and a NATO ally in a few years. Americans won't like that. If we don't help Israel defend itself against Hamas, that perpetual war will go on and on and on. If we don't help humanitarian aid to the starving Palestinians in Gaza, hundreds of thousands could starve. 
and the border. Everyone has said it's chaos. A speaker, you just saw Speaker Johnson. He said it's mm -hmm. chaos. We have to do something legislative a few months ago. But what has happened, in answer your, to que your question, so this is crucial for America. It's a turning point. History is going to look over our shoulders and say, did we rise to the occasion? To his credit, Mitch McConnell did. But too many Republicans, yeah. including Speaker Johnson, are just scared to death of Donald Trump. Donald Trump has said he wants chaos. Donald Trump has said, well, wait till I become president. That'll take at least a year. Ukraine could be gone. The border will get much worse. War in the Middle East will get worse, maybe bring, bringing, bringing us into it. He's doing it all for political reasons. And let me just say, will senators, the crucial question, the $64,000 question, the majority of Republican senators know this bill is the right thing to do. It's a compromise. I don't like everything in it. Neither does McConnell. But it's a compromise. That's the only way you get things important done in the Senate. We proved that two years ago in our bipartisan legislation. And will the senators drown out the political noise from Trump and his minions and do mm -hmm. the right thing for America? It's a crucial question. History will, is looking down on every one of us right now. And that was Chuck Schumer, Senator Chuck Schumer of New York, um, the uh, star of stage and screen. Uh, doing the performance that is expected of him, I kind of, I kind of notice when he's when he's doing these, um, you know, he has to deliver a certain kind of a speech and tone. He puts on this what is to me like an obvious affectation of solemnity, and and um, and profundity, as he says that this is a historic decision. I want to just make an obvious, a run obvious observation. Whatever happened to the days when you would vote on a bill for supporting Israel financially with a war, vote on a bill for Ukraine, supporting them in a war, which, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, I think we gave like uh, $50 million in the whole budget for the Marine Corps last year. We're giving all that, a year's worth of support for the Marines to the Ukraine for one day. In one day, we're just going to, boom, send it over to them. Uh, and then we got, what, the border situation here, uh, getting uh, a certain, what is it, $18 billion or is, how much of it is, is going to go to the border? And a lot of that is going to be expediting, getting, you know, I don't know, I'm not going to say clerics down there and judges to, you know, get the paperwork moving here. And so, uh, and then there was something else in there. Uh, I'm, I'm missing what the, the fourth thing is. I don't know, it's... Uh, uh, but there, there's it, the, the whole bill is bizarre because it's all compacted together. And here's the reason why. This is the sausage making process. Lindsey Graham says, we're never going to get that money for Ukraine unless we tie it to Israel. Well, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're all going to want to put the money into Israel, even, even the evangelicals. So we'll, we'll get Ukraine tied in with Israel, but uh, we'll throw in the border, the border and Israel, guaranteed to get the Republicans on board. And then, uh, you know... Senator Langford, nice Christian boy like Langford, he uh, he comes up with uh, he concocts this bill with cinema, you know, a bipartisan effort, and this is kind of fascinating because I asked somebody why Langford. It was Floyd Brown. I asked this Mercedes Sparks, by the way, over here, my my wing woman. That's on the a desk really over tight there. shot. I don't know why we're so close, but here I am. There we go. There you are. I've been always worried about what they look like on this. I can't believe it. So here's the point, Mercedes. The uh, Langford is uh, talking about this deal that uh, he says is being misrepresented. Mm -hmm. He's very upset with the misrepresentation because 
according to the um, the terms of the agreement, if you go past 5,000 illegals a day, it shuts the border completely down. And he says this is a great thing because they're doing 10,000 to 15,000 a day or more, so they've never once gone under five, so they're probably going to screw up and do over five uh, a lot, and we can shut the whole border down. This is his logic. Not bothering to uh, you know, answer the obvious question, which is, why are you letting a 1,000 in? Why are you negotiating to let anyone illegally come in? It's like, it's like this stupid smash and grab steel laws in California. Well, as long as you don't exceed the $800 theft limit, I mean, you know, sure, grab stuff, but if, but you can't be too greedy if you're going to go in there and just steal stuff. Not over $800, okay? Let's draw, let's have some uh, discipline here. So this is where America's at right now. My point is, it's a goofy, compacted deal that you listen to Schumer. Now, Schumer adds three different layers of apocalyptic incentivizing. There'll be world war if you don't do this. People will die. Why is he saying that? Because if Putin wins, he's going to go into Ukraine. Then he's going to go from Ukraine into NATO countries. In a moment, the moment he goes into, into Germany or France, then that, that we're going to be in another war. Well, the, the, the truth of the matter is, it's not likely that Putin is interested in going into a NATO country, or he would do a NATO country. Um, what are the other reasons that Schumer has? Uh, this is like, you know, the unprecedented, like he's doing, he's up late at night talking bipartisan. Because, because, oh, Lankford. Lankford just got reelected. This is what Floyd Brown said to me. He said, Lankford has got six years. And in the way that Republicans do it, he's an experienced guy. He said, the way Republicans do it, it's like drawing the straws. You just got reelected, so you got to go in there and, and make the sausage because you're good for another five years. You may not want to run again, and by in five years, they'll forget about this. And so Lankford is the guy that goes in and puts together this, what he thinks is a pretty, pretty good deal because... 5,000 is better than 10 or 15,000. It's dead in the water for two reasons. I really don't have to cover this as though it's an anxiety. They might pass it because uh, the House, Congress isn't going to pass it. Mike Johnson has clearly said, and uh, Mike Johnson makes an interesting statement. I think we ought to put it up. My joint statement here, he goes, regarding the Senate's immigration bill, House Republicans oppose the Senate immigration bill because, now just listen to this, it fails in every policy area needed to secure our border would actually incentivize more illegal immigration. Among its many flaws, so catch this, the bill expands work authorizations for illegal uh, aliens while failing to include critical asylum reforms. Even worse, the language allowing illegals to be released from physical custody would effectively endorse the Biden's catch and release policy. The so-called shutdown authority in the bill is anything but riddled with loopholes and the grant and grants far too much discretionary authority to the secretary, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who has proven he will exploit every measure possible in defiance of the law to keep the border open. So uh, I, I so I'm just going to stop there. Mercedes, do you have any thoughts on on this? It's not going to go anywhere. 
And and the only reason I'm covering it is because I just want to point out the absurdity Mm -hmm. of the fact that the Senate put together a bill and didn't even discuss it with uh, the House or or a key guy like Mike Johnson to see what he thought about it. Why in the world would you even introduce the bill without getting it approved ahead of time or having Mike Johnson in the deal? Anything you want to say? I mean, I think it's just all optics. It's just to try to take the wind out of Trump's sails to say, hey, the border is a huge issue. I don't think this actually fixes the border. I'm like a a systems implementation person. So I'm wondering, like, how do you even keep track of 5,000 people a day? Like, where's the limit? You get to 5,001 and they're like, oh, sorry, no more after this. You know, I mean, there's so many states across the border. Doesn't make any sense. Bottom line, it needs to be secure. It needs to be shut down. And we only let legal immigration in. And, and uh, Mercedes, you're a big lover of TikTok. And so I, I don't want to put you on the spot here. But TikTok is being exploited by dangerous people to get into the United States. Mm. And I want you guys to see this segment. We wondered how all of these migrants knew about this particular entryway into California. The answer was in their hands. Oh, you learned on TikTok. (laughs) TikTok is a social media platform created in China. The post we found had step-by-step instructions for hiring smugglers and detailed directions to that hole we visited. We were struck by just how orderly and routine it all seemed. The migrants walked about a half mile down a dirt road and waited in line for U.S. Border Patrol to arrive so they could surrender. I love how they're bringing roll-on luggage, like they're going to the airport, like, like I do. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, where is that? They didn't say if it was California or Texas or Arizona, but I, I just think we ought to have a, a cutout cardboard um, picture of the governor of those states with those border accesses, with them waving as people come in, because the optics would be priceless. Uh, we got a 30-second segment here, Mercedes, before we break. Defend TikTok. I don't want to defend TikTok. I'm just saying it's convenient they pick TikTok. I mean, it's not like it's not on YouTube or Facebook. I mean, I, I'm i a fan of the TikTok algorithm. I get more actual news on there. It's not suppressed the way that it is on every other social media platform. So anyways, I can't defend, you know, and they didn't really look like Hispanics coming in in that. No, no, no. And I want to say, I want to say, and we're going to come back in, in this in this next, next segment. Uh, and I want to talk about this. Who's coming through? Because uh, it's not, it's even Steve Bannon is sympathetic to the Lao Beijing. We're going to talk about that when we get back. We're entering a period of time that has increased hostility against people of faith. It's a time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral, physical, psychological, and even a financial basis. I'm here to remind you that God is the one who has blessed you thus far, and He will take care of you in the future. You have a divine responsibility, however to see trouble and prepare yourself. For example, with record inflation eating away at the value of the US dollar, the savings in your retirement account is in danger of slipping away. I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. Now that includes no penalties, there's no taxes, when you transfer current retirement funds into Birch Gold. To see how it works, I want you to go to lancewalnut.com forward slash birch and get your free info kit and you'll be glad that you did. Welcome back to the Lance Walnow Show with uh, Lance Walnow and uh, you, the 
patriots who are changing America and Mercedes Sparks. Uh, we were talking about TikTok and who's coming in through that. I was looking at those people that are bringing their luggage on wheels. And I'm telling you, this just doesn't look like they were going with the coyotes all the way through Ecuador, up the Panama Canal, you know, and swimming with piranhas. This, these are the Chinese that are coming in. Don't even look threatening, although there's plenty, trust me, of military age Chinese that have come in are probably going to be rioting with their Maoist bandanas on with, you know, Antifa and BLM before the summer's over. But uh, Bannon opened my eyes to something today. You know, I listened to Steve Reno. And uh, Steve said, this is La Beijing, which are the which is the working class of China who would not catch this. And I commend Steve for having the flexibility of embracing this paradigm that a lot of these people that are coming in are suffering because of the lousy trade policies of the United States, hmm. that these people that are over there, while we do the business with China, China is taking in the money. But that the average working class folks, the people that are the, uh, the what do you call it, the Lao Beijing, the, the working class citizen, is the last one to benefit from any of the economic benefits that are coming into the CCP because they're, they're being manipulated and dispersed into those areas of infrastructure and control and power. They're not lifting up the citizens. And so the citizens want freedom. They don't want their uh, businesses to be going broke. And China's really having an economic collapse. I think the Shanghai market uh, has lost like $2 trillion in value over the last, is it possible, over the last uh, 30 days or so? But uh, So they're not, not in a great place. But I just want to say that there are people that are coming to the United States that are legitimately fleeing from, from that. And isn't it a crying shame? that we don't have a better way of vetting who is at our border. Because I really do believe there's a whole lot of folks in Washington and on the left and the Bernie Sanders crazy Marxist crowd that want people that hate America and will kind of like challenge and fragment and balkanize the country um, versus people that are coming here, kind of like you can see there, with the hope that there would be freedom and opportunity in America, which is really the kind of people we need more of. Well, that I think you can make a case that's everybody that's trying to come across the border right now. I mean, yeah, people from Ecuador are probably feeling the same way. Their economy's really rocked and, you know, Venezuela and all that. The point is it should be legal immigration. And like, yes, we want to help people, but at the same time, I've seen countless news stories of, you know, veterans and people who are, you know, on the streets, like they're not getting... Uh, I mean, didn't New York just come out and say that they've got a whole bunch of money they're going to start giving to illegal immigrants? There. I don't want to talk about I mean, it. You gotta, Fifty-three it's, million dollars yeah. of credit cards. Yeah, it's America first. I mean, we got to take care of our American citizens, our veterans. You know, they they have to be taken care of first, and then you know, like we could talk about people coming in and how do we take care of them and naturalize them and make them citizens. But you know, the I institutions, don't know. the institutions, yeah, have got. To be recaptured. Now, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical about um, how this is going to happen because the will to do it has to really be in the movement. You and me, me and you, we have to have a resolve to really fix these institutions. It can't be done. Imagine Trump. Imagine if Trump wins and he's, he survives the gauntlet of everything they throw against him. 
and he's in office from day one. The old machinery that was trying to lock him up is coming back in, you know, with a vengeance. The media machine, the money machine, the the rioting machine, the the this the anarchy machine. We it's it's just going to be if America has by the grace of God, an opportunity to reform, we're going to need a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to be a spiritual awakening because just like the, um, the left is bringing in 20 million people to populate the voting pool that is they fear is going to defect from them as people come face to face with how lousy their, their policies are, mm -hmm. we need 20 million that are going to come in to a bold, powerful awakening where the conscience of man is enlightened. And, and frankly, the word of God is, is restored in the hearts of people so that we can recapture from uh, truth decay mm -hmm. all, of these, all of these institutions. And I'm, I'm saying that because I'm reading here this stupid decision by the D.C. courts. How can you expect the D.C. courts or the New York courts to do anything when they're under the stronghold of a democratic ideologist, like going to Beijing and expecting a, a verdict for a capitalism. Donald Trump has been denied immunity in his 2020 criminal election case. So this is a tricky thing. A lot of you are going to say, oh, it's just, you know, he needs to go to the Supreme Court. Not so fast. The problem with the Supreme Court is a case has to be framed in such a way that the Supreme Court can deal with it and win. And you can win. So here's the problem. What is happening is they're arguing on the left that a sitting president is not immune from charges of criminal activity if the sitting president engaged in criminal activity. In other words, if it's found out, like in one of those movies with Gene Hackman and uh, Clint Eastwood, that movie where like the president was having an affair with this woman and he kills her and oh, they, and they try to cover it up. But Clint Eastwood was like a thief breaking into the house and saw the saw the thing happen. Well, so basically the law would say that just because you're president doesn't mean you can commit a crime and get away with it. And that's what the left is saying, except the crime that they're saying Trump committed was organizing a takeover of Washington with shofar blowing nuns and Pentecostals who didn't bring a gun to the fight didn't light a single car on fire, didn't attack a single police precinct, totally amateur insurrectionists. They should have been studying what Democrats do to learn how to destroy cities and actually have an effective riot. But uh, Trump is going to be held on trial because he's being accused of a crime. Here's my problem as an amateur sleuth and lawyer. If you bring this case to the Supreme Court even, they will have to say, well, if the, pre if the person in office has committed a, I guess, a civil crime, a crime that is, that is you know, uh, not governmental related, but civil, like civil unrest, well, technically they're responsible for that. On the technicality, you can't say that no president can ever be charged with a crime that he committed while he was in office, because they might have been, you know, like look at Biden. If we ever find out that he was influenced, which I don't think you're going to, uh, with his, by his generosity to China or to uh, Ukraine because his son was compensated and he and his brother made money off of backroom deals that they did with China or with Ukraine, well, then I suppose you could prosecute him. But 
you know, if you he would be eligible for prosecution if he was committing those crimes. Not like anybody's ever gonna gonna take him to court for that. But you understand my point? The Supreme Court, I don't think, is going. In other words, the left has figured out a way to charge Trump with a crime he didn't commit. Kind of like the dumb New York case with the, the chick that got $83 million out of him for accusing him of raping her. And she didn't remember the year, but then she got the year, but then she forgot, and then she had to change the year, but then she at least knew what dress she was wearing. But then she found out the dress wasn't made till two years after she said the incident happened, so it must have been another dress. It doesn't matter. He caused me to lose my job at 70 as a, uh, as a relationship and, I guess, a sex online commentator or whatever she was. Really? Well, what was she? She was I like, don't know. I, I mean, was I like, know. that's I mean, fascinating I'm not saying a true. sex on. You know, what, what do you call them? Like women, a relationship and, you know. But this okay. lady's so whack. Did you see the Anderson Cooper that's interview? That's the best. That's the most. That's hilarious to me. Where even Anderson's like, he's like, now were you raped? She's like, well, you know, rape means a lot of different things. And Anderson's no, like, rape is like a sexual assault. She's like, well, I don't know if people really think it. And he's like, let's take a break. Like, let's rehearse yeah, yeah, she, our well, lines. She's saying because rape is technically also a suppressed female fantasy. It's, and so it's like, look, I'm just telling you, the lady's whack. And and so she gets awarded this eighty-three million dollars. My point is that um, Trump has been denied with a 57-page opinion uh, that uh, he is going to, that, he, that, he, that he should not be taken to court during this election for, for something which he basically, he said, peaceful and in order. I don't have to go through the story. He wasn't trying to inspire the insurrection. That lady that, was, that lied about how he was grabbing mm -hmm. the wheel and trying to take over to, to, from the beast with the limo and try yep. to drive up to the, the forefront of his, his great uh, crusade to break into the Capitol. All of that stuff's been totally debunked. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, this case is supposed to go to the Supreme Court now to overturn the decision, but I'm letting you know my concerns and the reasons for my concerns. Well, I think too, Lance, like as you take a breath here, like it just highlights lawfare. I mean, the rise of lawfare, of weaponizing the judicial system in, you know, certain areas, especially in New York. I mean, they're like kangaroo courts. And it's one of the things I think God abhors is when justice falls in the street. And it, you look at certain areas in our country and then it's running rampant. And and like I love what, you know, Trump on he said it a while ago, right? That's like they're coming after me, but I'm in the way of them coming after you. And so, I mean, we're, you know, what, three degrees away from that happening to potentially to somebody like us or well, they, you know, people well, we they, know. They, it's they would crazy. do it to us right away. I mean, they're putting people in, in, in prison, in jail, and locking mm -hmm. them up for, um, they, none of them have been charged with insurrection. The people that are the January 6th protesters, but they're, they're invited in by police. Hey, come on in, you know, and the police are even admitting, well, we let people in because mm -hmm. it was such a large group and these people are being, being jailed. Smith, as remember, Jack Smith, he is charging Trump with four counts related to him uh, as a co-conspirator to overturning the electoral defeat by President Joe Biden. Only the, this is the chutzpah of the left. If you, you could take an election, steal an election, and then charge the person who's fighting you over the, the theft and, uh, and, tell you, and, and take you to court. They did, they did this to Giuliani in uh, Georgia and bankrupt the guy because he's challenging the election result. Well, this is, uh, we're out of time. I can't believe it. Thank you so much. By the way, we do this every day of the week at lancewallet.com forward slash podcast. You can join us and we look forward to seeing you again next week. 
Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends, because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.